Good morning, everybody. How's everyone doing this morning? I just put this over here. I knew that when I left and I would come back, there would be some change. Uh, but this is a lot of change. Uh, quite surprising. It's groundbreaking. But it's, it's good because it shows that there is growth, and growth is always good. Growth is painful, it's uncomfortable, but it's good. Okay, so anyway. Uh, Good morning. As I said, I'm here, uh, quite surprisingly, um, no, not surprisingly to me, but a little bit earlier than I thought I would be here uh, to preach. But I'm excited to be here. I bring, I send greetings from Ilza and Amari and Nyla. Yesterday was Amari's fifth birthday, so I, yeah, already, and um, it was a crazy day. There was about 15 kids under the age of six. Um, with a jumping castle, because it's not a party if there's no jumping castle, right? Uh, and so I'm, then it was on the road early this morning to get a six o'clock flight to be here, so I'm a little bit tired, but God is good and he will get us through. Anyway, good morning, and uh, we've prayed already, and I just want to just pray a little as well, because I think I've got a special message this morning, um, because it's a good question that's been asked, is why? You know, why, why are we here? Uh, and hopefully I'll answer some of those questions or that question this morning. So I'm just going to pray and then we'll jump right into it. Father, thank you for who you are this morning. Thank you for the fact that we're here and each and every person that is here is not here by accident and they are here because you have called them here today. So I pray that everything I say and everything that comes out of my mouth would be just directed at each person's heart this morning and that you would speak and not me. In Jesus' name, amen. Fantastic. So, uh, we will obviously start, we, we read the scripture the, earlier this morning, Hendrik led us in a declaration, uh, and that's from Genesis 1, right? Um, and reading the first chapter of Genesis, the first chapter of the Bible, is kind of like if you were at a, let's say, a fine art gallery, right? Fine art gallery, there's, you know, pictures on the wall, paintings, like, really, really expensive paintings, priceless stuff is on the wall, and you're wandering through that and you're amazed by all of this, right? You're amazed by everything. And then someone walks up to you and says, how would you like to meet the artist? Right? Genesis 1 is an introduction to the artist. Okay? And, in, and what an introduction it is. He is the artist. Those first three words, what are the first three words in the Bible? In the beginning. Then what comes after that? God. Four words. In the beginning, God. In those four short words, we are transported back to the origin of everything. So no matter what the world says, no matter what people say, we're transported back to the origin of everything. The mysterious personal source of all that is. The eternal, uncreated God. Because he was there before everything. This God who himself has no beginning and no end. No beginning and no end. And he merely speaks a word of command to bring into being everything else that exists. Just speaking a word into being. Everything else that exists. 
And the idea of creation by that word alone preserves first of all the most radical distinction between the creator and the creature. Right. So here's what you can expect to hear again, to see again, or maybe even for the first time, the value that is you. The miracle that is you. The significant role and person that you are in the landscape of the whole earth. So if you didn't know that you are important, or if you never feel important, or if you've never felt important in your whole life, hopefully in the next 15 to 20 minutes, you'll realize how important you are. Verse 1 verse 1 says this, the hev- in verse 1 verse 1 it says, the heavens and the earth. Now that refers to the whole creation. Light and darkness, day and night, we know the story. Sea and sky, land, plants, animals, and then comes us. Humankind. And all of this come from God, from his powerful and good activity of creation. But when he gets to mankind, he says what? There's another word that he adds in front of good. Very good. Everything else is good. But that's very good. Sometimes I think when people ask me, how are you? And you say, I'm good. Then I think about this and I'm like, I should say I'm very good. Not just good. I'm very good. But also God is good. So then you've got to think, if God is good, am I really good? Anyway, that's something for you to think about. It wasn't part of what I wanted to say this morning. But anyway, it came out. Cool. Uh, Gerhard von Rath, that's just the, uh, the quote that's on the screen right now. He's a German theologian and he says, The idea of creation by the word expresses the knowledge that the whole world belongs to God. The whole world belongs to God. Alright? So as I mentioned, God's creation is good and his created goodness merely highlights his incomparable greatness. His goodness, his wisdom, his justice. Everything that you see around us reflects who he is. And he alone is the wise king over this great kingdom that he is. But, as king, however, when you think about kings and you, you've, you've watched stuff on TV, you've read books, kings sometimes hold themselves at a distance from the rest of the kingdom, if you want to call it that. Okay? But God doesn't. He doesn't hold himself distant from creation. We see this in verse 1, verse 2, in which the Spirit of God hovers over the waters. So it's kind of like, you know, when a mother bird is, or a mother, not just necessarily a mother bird, but a mother is hovering over her children, just making sure that they're safe. You know, you can run a bit there, but don't go too far. Okay? But God is not a monarch who rules from afar. He's in it. He's there, right? And he takes interest in us. He takes interest in what he has created. All right? Having built his kingdom, right? He reigns supremely, but it's in a personal way. It's not just like, oh, I built this kingdom. Go do what you want to. He wants to be a part of our lives. 
And Genesis, Genesis 1 and 2 portray how relational God is. He's highly relational. And he speaks not only to give commands, but also to express his involvement in the making of this world, this cosmos that he's created. And you know how oftentimes we say, but it's not about me, it's about Jesus. It is. That's the truth. But I want you to know that you are not an accident. You're a miracle, and exactly the way that you are is supernatural, it's miraculous, and I believe ordained by God. Even in our weaknesses and our shortcomings, which we have plenty of, God makes up for the difference, and he adds, and he gives, but he has birthed within us such implicit value and significance. Now, here's the high point of the, of the Genesis story of creation. It's the making of humankind. Genesis 1, verse 26 to 28. We read it earlier. I'm going to read it again. This is from the ESV. Then God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. And let him have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Spiders, snakes, everything, right? So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So God says, or it says, God created man in his own image, right? Let those words sink in for a second. God created man in his image, in his likeness. You are in his likeness. You, sitting right there, are in his likeness. And listen to this one. He has shared his likeness with you. In the Bible, a man or a woman is a creature designed and made by God as part of God's world. Right? However, we relate God's activity of creation to scientific theories. A lot of times people do that, right? Scientific theories, left, right, and center. But if we are faithful to what God has to say about who we are, we cannot think, us, think of ourselves as merely the random products of time and chance. Yeah. We're not. Because that's what a lot of people do. Now, science is important. Let me not get it wrong. But when we come to thinking about the way God created the world and the earth, there's scientific involvement, yes. But who created science? Yeah. <laughs> and who created scientists? All right. But did you know, but this is not to lessen it in any way, that what I read and what was said is not said of the animals. It's not said of the soil. It's not said of the mountains. All of it declares his glory, right? But it's not said that they are made in his image. He shares that with you and me. The centerpiece of creation is almost 100% agreed upon among scholars and theologians and writers and thinkers. And they agree on this 100% that the centerpiece of creation is, guess what? You. 
The centerpiece of creation is you. You, in fact, are the centerpiece of his creation. So you know sometimes people say, the world doesn't revolve around you. Well, you can go and say it does. <laughs> Actually, it does. Go and read Genesis 1. It does. I know my parents used to say that to me. The world doesn't revolve around you. Now I go back and I say, well, actually, Dad, it does. But it also revolves around you. Right? Each human being is a special creature, right? We're all special creatures. Okay? And in, in Genesis 1 and 2, the teaching about humankind is rich and manifold. Unique amongst all the creatures and everything that God has created, mankind is personal. Because God addresses only the man and woman this way. Right? He addresses them when he says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Right? He addresses mankind. They enjoy a unique personal relationship with God. And St. Augustine says this, we are made for God. Our hearts are restless until we find our rest in Him. Okay. Another theologian, Gordon Wenham, has observed how Genesis portrays the garden in terms of you know, reminiscent of a tabernacle in which God lives amongst his people. So God builds a tabernacle like we're building something here, right? But he lives amongst his people. But men and women are made for intimate relationship with God. If you read on, you'll see God walks regularly with Adam and Eve in this huge garden that he's created for them, checking out how, is, how are things. I said you must look after the animals, the plants, how is it going, right? He wants to know how it's getting along. Things under our care. And this is where I'm getting to the point of how special we are. Because obviously, God creates us in His image, in His likeness. Right? But note that the words image and likeness make the same point. Though God is this infinite creator, and humanity is merely just a finite creation, there is something fundamentally similar between them. Because the image is just a metaphor, right? But as we unpack it, we need to bear in mind that its function as a metaphor is to draw our attention, our attention to the strikingly similarity between humans and God. While not for a moment denying that we are radically different from God. Are you still with me? Okay? So earlier we recognized that God as creator is radically different from everything else he has created, including ourselves. But if we are created in God's image, then in some way we are like the one who created us. Right? This likeness is clarified in the verses that follow. In verse 1, Genesis 1 verse 26, God says, Let us make mankind in our image, so that they may rule over all the creatures... I'm going to say that again, over all the creatures, everything that's crawling on the floor. He then says to the human beings he has created, be fruitful and multiply and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over things. All right? So from this it should be clear that the fundamental similarity between God and humanity is that humankind's unique vocation. Our calling, our commissioning by God himself. Under God we are to rule over the non-human parts of creation on land and sea and air as much as God is a supreme ruler overall. Sorry. It reminded me I need to drink some water. 
So, in God's kingdom, which he has set up by creating it, the special role that he has given to us is to be ambassadors, stewards, representatives of him, right? Because that's what he said. We are to rule over the creation so that God's reputation is enhanced within this cosmic kingdom. So when God says he has put his image on us, Right? He has given us the freedom and responsibility, right? But he's also given us the, he also wants us to be held accountable for the way that we act yeah. and the way that we relate to things on earth. So a better way of expressing this concept is to say that we are God's royal stewards. We are his ambassadors, we are his image bearers, put here to develop the hidden potentials in God's creation so that the whole of it may celebrate his glory. So imagine this. Imagine, think of the greatest songwriter, musician, artist, sports person, whatever you can think of. Anything. Whether it's technology, music, science, whatever it is. Just think of that. Now imagine, whilst they are creating something, so let's say it's a musician, because I think in music, right? They invite you to their studio. While they're writing this great song or painting this thing, they invite you to the studio and they say, you know what? I want you to carry on. I want you to finish this off. But they mention that you are expected to continue this work and complete it in such a way that their own reputation will be enhanced by the finished product. Imagine that. Right? Their own reputation. They are putting their reputation on the line and saying, make it good. Right? And that's exactly what God's call to us when he says we are image bearers. He's created something and he says, here, carry on, but make sure and remember that you need, you are carrying this image so the reputation that I have created is on you, but I trust you that you will live up to that expectation. Okay, so when you think about that word of image and we take God's creative commands of let there be and develop the potentials in them, we continue to spread the fragrance of his presence throughout the world that he has made. And that's essentially what he wants. So the, the nature of our relationship with God is expressed in how we look after his good creation. And his good creation is not just the stuff that we see around. Guess what else his good creation is? You. Us. How are we taking care of ourselves? Taking care of ourselves. Take caring. Wow. Anyway. How are we taking care of ourselves? And we do this not merely as individuals, but as partners. In Genesis 1 verse 1, 1 verse 1, oh, Genesis 1, humans are made male and female. A gender distinction is built into creation so that God's image bearers are always male or female, man or woman. That is, 
we always stand in relationship to one another as well as in relationship to God. None of us can be fully human on our own. We are always in a variety of relationships, right? Okay? Humans are made for God. God named the creation as he formed it. And then he said to Adam, you're permitted to name the animals that God has made, that I have made, right? Adam thus had one relationship with God and one relationship to the animal world and the other things that he had to name. But Adam was also made for human companionship. And this is where Eve came. Right? Thank you, God. Thank you. Anyway. Once we see that to be human is to be in relationship in some way to creation, as one who works within it, explores its potential and cares for it, we understand that humans are made for God and for one another and for the creation to be at work within it. Now when you think about image bearers, I, some of you may know, I used to work for a, a big fitness brand, right? And I was a club manager, and so I ran the operations, and so I had a team that I had to manage. And one of the biggest things about this company was their brand. They wanted you to know that every time you see that logo, you know what to expect around the world, around the country. So one of the things I used to say to my team every day is I would say, we have a brand to uphold, yeah. right? When you come in, in the morning, you need to ask yourself one question. What can I do today to polish this brand? And when you leave, and when you go home and walk out the door, ask yourself the same question in a different way. Everything I did today, did I polish the brand or did I tarnish the brand? So in the same way, if we are image bearers, we are carrying the brand of the one who created us. So every single day, are you polishing that brand or are you tarnishing that brand? In your relationships, on social media, When you say something, or when you think something. So before you press send on that text, or that social media post, always think, am I tarnishing this image that I'm bearing? Because it's not just you. You bear the image of God. He has stamped that image on you. And think about this, that you are made, because you are made in the image of God, and likeness of God, whatever else happens in the world, we get so caught up in social media, how many followers I have, how many likes I get, none of that has any effect on the fact that you are an image bearer. So don't concern yourself with those things. But also, can we just consider God for a moment? Can we consider how great He is? Right? Just think about it for a second. How great is God? 
If you think about creation and think about the things that he has created. We, you, have been given a gift. Think about all the things that God has created and yet he said you are the one that I'm going to choose to share my image with. Right? According to Psalm 8, Psalm 8 is our glory to work and so to present the image of God, right? If you go and read Psalm 8, go and read Psalm 8 when you get a chance to. Okay. And now here's the thing. My life, our lives are to be lived amongst others, right? There's a song, one of my favorite uh, Christian rappers, his name is Derek Minor. He had a song many years ago called Made in His Image, right? And one of the lines he used to say, and hopefully you catch it, he said, we were made for community because our God is one. Think about it, right? If you, if you still haven't gotten it, talk to me later. I'll explain it to you. All right, but this is one of the reasons why I believe we're made for community is that together and collectively, not just individually, we make up the portrait in the image of God. Because if God had a Facebook profile, guess what his, his a Facebook profile picture would be? You. All of you. I don't know how I'd get it, get it right, but all of you. All of us, right? But... Together, your differences from other differences and from my differences, together we make up the picture in the portrait of God, which, by the way, is probably the most important thing. The world should see the divine. The world should see the architect. The world should see the artist. The world should see the creator through you. And sometimes we get it wrong, and that's okay. As long as you remember these three things. We are created in His image and likeness. We're created to live in community with God and others. And we are representatives as image bearers. So every single day, and as I close, I... I want to pray for two types of people, two kinds of people, two groups of people, not kinds, sorry, groups of people today. Because that statement there, we need to represent him well. And for some people, <clears throat> you may be here, or you may be watching online, and someone sent you the link, you know, maybe you don't normally watch, or you, you were invited here today, or you just stumbled upon us, welcome, right? Um, but maybe you felt in the past that you've been hurt. You know when some of us have been hurt by the church. But then they equated to being hurt by God. That's not God. But the thinking and the reason why we think that way is because we understand that we bear God's image. So when someone in, who is a believer in church does something bad to you, you equate it to God hurting you. So every single day, think about that. So I want to pray for people who have felt that way. They felt like they've been hurt by God because someone in a church, whether it's this church or another church, someone in a church said something or 
did something that hurt you. I want to pray for you this morning because it's not God. God loves you. He always will. He has created you in His image. And that's who He is. He said you are very good. You are significant. Not just significant in the church. You are significant to the world. The second group of people I want to pray for are those of you who may feel like, man, I've tarnished this brand. I've tarnished this image. There's grace. <laughs> That's the good thing. Exactly like I said just now, God still loves you. He always will. He has given, He has shared His image with you. And He loves you. So I want, if, if you could all stand together this morning and if you fit into any one of those groups and I want you just to lift your hands and I'm going to pray Father I thank you for who you are thank you that you have given us your image you have shared your image with us and Lord sometimes we, we mess up we make mistakes and we tarnish that brand we tarnish that image that we are supposed to be representing and I pray for those that have felt hurt by people in the church those that have felt like that you have hurt them because someone who is your child and someone who bears your image has hurt them I pray that you would touch them right now I pray that you would reveal to them wherever they are if they're in this building if they're watching online that you would reveal to them that you love them because you created them the way they are in significance and with value and with purpose I pray that you touch their hearts this morning and father for those that have that felt like they've tarnished your image they've tarnished your brand they've said stuff they've done stuff father I pray that you would show your grace and your mercy this morning that you'd share your love this morning that you'd bring it down into their hearts this morning to say that you love them and you always will and from this day forward as they walk and talk and relate to people that they would represent you well they would rule and reign over the earth as you have called us to knowing that the representation and the value that they place on themselves is because of you and father i pray this morning that we would understand the miracle that we are and the blessing that we have been given and the gift that we've been given by you when you said that you created us to be image bearers pray every single day that we remember that we are image bearers and that we should represent you well in Jesus name
I'm going to ask you to stay standing just for a second. There's another group of people that I'd like to just give an opportunity to to respond. One of the one of the um, the things that Calvin mentioned when he was preaching the Saint Augustine quotes. I just want to read it again because it really just caught my attention. It says, "The centerpiece of creation is man. We are made for God." And our hearts are restless until we find our rest in Him. And I feel like that there might be a couple of people in the hall today that your heart is feeling restless because you haven't actually said, Jesus, I'm yours. You haven't actually made that, that declaration to God. You haven't actually said to Jesus, I'm yours. <laughs> I'm restless and I don't know why. And it's, and it's possibly because you haven't had that opportunity to respond to Jesus. So I'm not going to be flaky and weird, but I am going to ask you all to close your eyes if that's okay. And if you are that person who really wants to say, Jesus, my heart is restless, and it's because I haven't actually said, God, I'm yours. I haven't actually welcomed you into my heart to give you a chance to take that restlessness away. I want you to just raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I just want to pray with you. So if that's you, will not you just raise your hand this morning just so that I can know who you are. If there's anyone here. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for that word, Lord. Let us represent you well today as we go and do everything that we need to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome, great family. Before you leave, please remember to walk carefully. Those of you who wore your hiking boots this morning, well done. You heard the spirit well. Um, just a reminder, if you want to sign up for anything, please can you go and do it at the info table. Um, Alan will be here to help you sign up for those. And if there is anybody who you just didn't feel like you wanted to put your hand up and acknowledge that last thing that I was mentioning about just feeling restless and finding out more about God, if you go behind our hall over here um, to our tent there will be somebody there who will be able to help you in your next steps with Jesus so I just want to encourage you to do that if you're online and you want to find out more there is a get connected link that is underneath the feed that you can follow so please do that if there is anybody like that in the hall amen may the Lord bless you and keep you may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you may the Lord lift up his countenance on you today and give you his peace. Amen. Awesome family. Thank you.